just a simple word before pray. Normally pray before the homily. If you're a regular here, you know that. But a simple word that the witness of the 19 people here who are in preparation for entering in the full communion of the church had someone ask me, like, hey, you know, what, what's going on? Like, 19 folks. And I said, well, it's the witness of this community. So really, just a kudos to you guys for being who you are and diving into your faith, for being a witness that are drawing other people into a greater desire for full communion into the church, particularly a hunger for the Eucharist. So it's, um, it's a beautiful thing that the folks are here because the Holy Spirit is moving and in a tangible way through the witness of you as this this community living your faith. So I appreciate that as a pastor very much. Let's pray. Come Holy Spirit. Come, we give you permission to do whatever you desire to do. Pray that our minds and hearts and souls will be made fertile soil, Lord, that your word may bear great fruit in our life. Illuminate the scriptures for us, Lord. Convict and console our hearts Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Can you wait for Him? Today is the beginning of the new year for us as Catholics, the the liturgical year, the first day of Advent. And Advent means the coming of Christ. That's what Advent comes from, is the the root word Adventus, coming. Jesus is coming. His first coming in the flesh, in the incarnation, 2,000 plus years ago. And as we read in today's gospel, we await his second coming again at the end of the age, when there'll be a new heavens and a new earth. And then there's also the church speaks about in between this first coming and the second coming, what you could say would be a third coming in between them. Not the best math in the world, right? In between is that coming into our hearts, into our soul, through the grace of the sacraments, through the grace of faith, and just through our daily lives. The question that we ask ourselves is we're preparing again for a deeper outpouring of the life of Christ within us and coming into us. Can we wait? We don't like to wait. People in general don't like to wait and because we're formed by our culture in a, te- in a very practical way, we don't like to wait. You know, like the internet gets faster. You don't even have to go shopping, right? Like people drop stuff off of your door after you click within 48 hours. Like, if it doesn't get there, you're like, what's going on? If it takes more than three seconds for a web page to load, you're like throwing your phone across the room, right? We don't like to wait. So even for the Lord, many times we we get impatient. And then as we we go to Him, whether it be in prayer or whatever else, and, and if we don't find this cute little answer right away sometimes, and I don't mean to downplay, like we, we seek the Lord for very important things in our life. Sometimes like, okay, God, you should be lucky that I'm showing up, you know? 
Like, you should be throwing a little party. You're lucky. Like, I'm going to give you a little time today, right? And I'm here. And we want in this cute little box this answer sometime. And we miss, we miss the deeper reality of what that encounter with Christ really is. And, and I include myself in this. And as I was preparing for Advent, preparing particularly for this first Sunday, I opened up one of my favorite books about Advent. It's by Michael O'Brien. He's a, a Catholic painter and author, and it has a few essays in it. It's called Waiting, Essays for Advent. And in one of them, he says this. He says, Advent is the time of waiting, a time for renewal of anticipation and hope. The particular grace of this liturgical season, so like, why do we celebrate this? Why is this important as Catholics? Is this grace is to redirect our eyes and our ears to the one who is the hope of all mankind. It's to redirect it that we may be that there may be awakened in us again a longing to see Jesus and to look for him, to hear Jesus and to listen for his voice. Waiting for a deeper revelation of Christ. Now, again, we go and, and maybe we're waiting and longing and we kind of want this particular thing. And O'Brien continues. He says this, the Eucharistic presence of Christ. And it's interesting that he uses that, right? As Catholics, we believe that the Eucharist is the, the source and the summit of our faith. Because the Paschal mystery, the suffering, death, and resurrection of Jesus is, is manifested tangibly and mystically and sacramentally really at Mass. That what starts as bread and wine in the back of the church, right, becomes the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. Hidden, but real. And it can be easy even for me as a priest to be like, okay, <laughs> so the Eucharist, body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus, like big deal, right? And I show up, it's like, I don't see any fireworks. See any rays emanating from the tabernacle or the host, knocking me down in glory and wonder? What's really there? And so he says this, the Eucharistic presence of Christ is silent, yet he speaks powerfully in this silence. A language that we perceive as wordlessness which we have been programmed by an insanely noisy culture to misinterpret as non-communication, absence, and even avoid as abandonment. When we show up in prayer, when we show up sometimes to the Lord and we don't hear something, then we misinterpret the Lord's silent presence as Him not communicating to us, as Him not present as him not caring or maybe even abandoning us. And we're, I, I'm, I'm guilty myself of this. But we misinterpret who he is and we misinterpret the silence of Jesus in that way. O'Brien continues. He says, this silence of Christ is a fundamental dimension of the word of what he wants to communicate to us, what he wants to speak to us. His silence is a component of what he's really trying to get across. We cannot yet understand it at times or appreciate it because we want him to talk to us, right? And he says with that talking, we want him to solve this immediate problem, this particular thing in this particular way. Again, I'm not trying to 
to like undermine that that's real. Like, hey, Lord, if I don't get a C on my physics test, I'm going to fail. Then I'm not going to get to do what I want to do with my life, my hope or my dream. I, you know, I, I don't want to downplay that like I go to the Lord every day like, hey, man, see that thing? Yeah, fix it, right? <laughs> Yesterday for me, please, you know? But we can get trapped in this sometimes. We get trapped and say, to solve my problem as quickly, as efficiently as possible in this, sometimes this little window that I give the Lord. But we can get too focused on ourselves and too focused on our own concerns. And, and he says this, then we miss the stunningly absolute truth of God's presence. Right? I want him to do this particular thing And then I miss that it is amazing that the Lord is even present to me. We do not experience, he says, his attention to us, his eyes upon us, his love for us. Because you, because me, like I want this thing to happen, that I miss the majesty, the amazing grace that God is present to me. And that he gazes upon me with love. It's hard sometimes for us to kind of communicate that or to get our hands around it unless maybe we've, we've had that experience a little bit. But in this, this season of Advent, I just want to invite you to ask for the grace to be open to understanding more, more deeply what the Lord is tr- trying to communicate at times when he seems silent, when it seems like he's not answering exactly what we want, how we want it, that he's present to us. Jesus says, he says in the scriptures, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, then I will enter his house and dine with him and he with me. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. But sometimes in our house, we got the music cranked up so loud, we don't even hear the knock. Right? Physically, our sense of hearing is the one that adapts most quickly to our environment. This is played out very simply, like a little experiment, right? You all do it. You got a song on the radio. Oh, that's awesome. Turn it up. Oh, I like that one. Turn it up. Oh, next song, killing it, turn it up, right? Go to wherever you're going, grocery shopping, you come back in, you turn the car on, you're like, whoa, who turned it up, you know? The radio gnome snuck in here and, like, cranked up my radio. Like, no, we keep adjusting to the sound and turning it up. And so even interiorly, that's the same thing. We have so much noise going on in our life that we just kind of adjust to the noise and miss some of the more subtle things, particularly this encounter with the Lord in prayer. So Advent is meant to be like a little mini Lent, not quite as intense, not quite as long, but the church inviting us to that prayer and fasting and almsgiving and preparing our hearts and souls for Jesus. So one of the things I want to invite you to think about fasting from is some noise. Maybe a little less screen time, 
a little less listening to certain things, to attune the mind and the heart, the interior eye and the interior ear, to listen to the Lord's presence, and to particularly spend some time before the tabernacle in the silent but present power of Jesus in the Eucharist. And just ask to be aware of his gaze upon you. Look upon him in silence and in mystery and and try to pray for the grace to receive him looking upon you. It's an invitation for us in Advent to wait for him, to wait in prayer. Now you might be thinking to yourself, well, Father, like, Have you been out in the real world? Like, there's a lot of stuff that needs to happen. A lot of change. And I agree. But it's from this encounter with Christ that we are going to be able to manifest any real change. And I I give you Mother Teresa for this. She has this beautiful quote. You've probably heard it before. Like, why all this stillness and quiet? She says this, the fruit of silence is prayer. Like, when I'm still I can enter into this communion with the Lord. And the fruit of prayer is faith. That I've, had, I've encountered that gaze in prayer, then I have a deeper faith. The faith grows in my heart. And the fruit of faith is love. That as I believe in the Lord more, it expands my heart to love more. And the fruit of love is service. Because this love I cannot contain on my own, I go and serve others. And then the fruit of this service is peace. Because people encountering each other in sacrificial love build bonds of peace. Can we wait for him this Advent? Can we be a little bit more quiet? Gaze upon him who gazes upon us that our hearts may be changed and expanded and then we will leave transformed and so will the world. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, then I will enter his house and dine with him and he with me.